the intricate web that connects the connects us all to through a lens uh, of rare disease. Uh, I'm thrilled to embark with you on this journey. Uh, according to the National Institute of Health, uh, um, there are over 10,000 rare diseases. Uh, a rare disease is, de is defined in the U.S. as a health uh, 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 of... Uh, oh. A rare disease is defined in the U.S. as one in which less than 200,000 people um, and in the European Union it is defined as being one uh, with fewer than 2,000 people. Um, because rare conditions are uh, span the entire world and much bigger uh, than the Medical Nutrition Equity Act. <laughs> I want to expand um, my podcast to include uh, the conditions that aren't part of the MNEA. Um, this is why I am switching the focus of um, the focus and changing the name of my podcast to Rare Connection. Um, let's see. In the space. Uh, we delve into uh, the depths of rare diseases, eliminating their unique challenges, triumphs, and um, most importantly, the connection to f uh, they forge among us from the seemingly des uh, disparate uh, threads and various conditions. We uncover the common uh, humanity of uh, uh, the bi that binds us together. Why rare connections? Uh, you might wonder. Well, much like um, the mesmerizing stripes of a zebra, um, which serve as a symbol of rare diseases, the medical world uh, in the medical world, um, our podcast aims to highlight the beauty of the and complexity that of the inter, interconnected stories just as each zebra possesses its own distinct per, pattern every individual affected by a rare disease has a unique narrative to share throughout the throughout our episodes we will navigate through the statistic and facts in surrounding rare diseases, shedding light on the prevalence, impact, and urgent need for greater awareness and understanding. And beyond the numbers, we'll explore human the human element stories of resilience, hope, and solidarity that emerge from the rare disease community. So join me as we embark on the journey uh, to discover compassion and connection together. Uh, let's unravel the mysteries of rare disease and celebrate the, bound, uh, the bonds that unite us in our uh, shared humanity. Welcome to Rare Connection. Uh, which every vo where every voice and every connection matters. Um.
So, uh, welcome. Can you, uh, can you, uh, share your personal uh, journey, uh, with heredity, uh, well, with, uh, with HCU, um, what led you to, uh, to, to, to the diagnosis and how, uh, as the condition impacted your life? Myself, I was diagnosed because I couldn't see when I was five years old. So I went to see a specialist who diagnosed there was something wrong, and they sent me to my doctor to be diagnosed with. So I found out I was five years old. Okay. Um, and so how did, how did they, what made, what made them test for it? Because they saw something wrong with the eyes, that's why. And... They diagnosed it with a blood test, and they found out I did have it. Nobody knew it before because it was my first one in my family who had it was me. Uh, as a retired patient, um, what are, what challenges do you face in managing HCU throughout the life uh, and th throughout your life, and how did um, you overcome them? Well. So at one point, I had a blood clot, uh, which I didn't know, because I had thought that because of my asthma, I went, didn't go to the hospital for four days. And as thanks God, I went to the hospital after that, because the guy told me I could have died at a very young age. So that was like 10, 15 years ago. But after that, it was fine uh, after the medications and stuff. But it's always follow medications. Whatever the doctor says it is, that's what it is you have to take. Mm -hmm. um, can you explain uh, to listeners uh, about uh, what HCU is and how it differs from other rare diseases? HCU, to me, I know to everybody else has different ideas, but mm -hmm. it's a very important diagnosis so they could understand what's going on. They're going to be able to explain what medications, what do you have to do, because everybody's different. Uh, medication-wise, and for diagnose, it's a uh, it's life-changing. You have to just keep following it. Doesn't matter what. Mm. So what 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 are your symptoms? My symptoms were the eyesight. I have a lot of other problems, but the eyesight was the main one. I still struggle with it. Because of problems I had because of my sickness. I have uh, nearsighted. Also got farsighted at the same time. And one eye I can't see since the operations even properly. Mm -hmm. That's about it for me for that. So just your vision is the only thing that's affected right now? Right now, for me, it's the vision. Mm-hmm. But we're learning, like, I have to find out if what's going on with my balance. They never heard of somebody by age have balance issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know you're one of the uh, older of uh, the patients with, HC, with HCU also. That's right. Uh, do you mind saying how old you are? Um, I'm 55 years old. Uh, um. Oh, see, what are some 
um, what are, what, mis- what misconceptions do you do people um, often have about HCU, and what uh, do you wish more people understood about the condition? It's to read up. If you're not sure, just keep reading up because I know I have friends who don't believe in this. Like, yeah, you just have to eat properly. It's not true. Mm-hmm. It's not eating properly. It's what we could digest. Otherwise, you get blood clots. It's not worth getting blood clot, from my experience. Since I had it, I could say it. It's not worth being able to breathe. People don't understand that. Needs More people need to be educated, for sure, with this. Mm-hmm. Have you had a stroke as... Uh, um, as a blood strokes, so I had blood clots. That's all. Oh, okay, so blood clots, depending yeah, for me. on different things, but it's hard as hard as the lungs. Oh, oh no, no, you embolism. That's right. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. Oh, uh, see. Uh, how uh, how has your experience with HCU shaped um, your perspective on healthcare advocacy and patient empowerment? I think it's very important. And to answer that, honestly, it's talk to people. If you don't sure, just there's communities to look out for on Facebook, social events, social stuff that could form this get better to help you through this too that's why i found if you're not alone you don't feel alone ever because mm-hmm. i know most people will feel alone and it's a struggle to go through it at the beginning to get loose to it mm-hmm. the community's out there to help stay with us we'll be right back I'm Michael Severs, the writer, producer, and creator of The Silver King's War, a podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Stanley L. Silverfield, a first lieutenant in the United States Army Air Corps from Birmingham, Alabama, rode in the nose the greenhouse of the famed Martin Marauder. You can find The Silver King's War wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, so could you tell us about any support networks or um, resources you have been particularly helpful to you um, or just uh, someone living with HCU? Support is talking to doctors and also on Facebook because there's doctors don't even know anything. We're trying to find links together. I find that could help maybe diagnose, hopefully in the future, more things about homelessness. Now. The doctor's a good resource. If you can't work, they're able to help you with the situation. Like if, for example, you can't um, travel by regular bus because you get sick very easily. Cause the immune system goes very down with me. I had to find a way to get to my doctor's appointment, so they gave me something here in Canada. They have a Transporte. So that I get to my appointments, so I won't be overtired and get sick. So that was a very good resource for me. 
besides the Facebook and meeting people who have it. And supporting each other is very, very important to mm -hmm. this. Ask questions we don't know. There's always resources to find out, like Facebook, social places, anything that's social. You could do research, read up always about it. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I didn't think to ask you, what, what's your tolerance as far as protein? I'm about two grams of protein. Per day or per? Per day. So to someone and how much, so can you explain like what two, what two grams of protein looks like? Two grams is not much. It's about that much, I would say, personally a day. So it's not much at all. Um, let's see. Uh, so are the medical foods and are the formula covered in Canada? Yes, it is. In Canada, it is. But in the U.S., I know it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Um, we are fighting for that. And it is just now getting reintroduced into Congress. And so it's the House has already been reintroduced, but the Senate, it we're waiting on. Um, um, let's see. Uh, oh, in your opinion, what are... Um, the uh, most um, pressing issues uh, facing the rare, rare disease community today, and how can you, how can individuals and society work towards uh, addressing them? It's very important to address them. It is you look uh, find researchers in your community. Or your Canada, like province, to find out those resources to help you. That's mm -hmm. very important, important. I found any particular resources that you're um, that you that you think are helpful. Doctors, the governments uh, keep fighting through things to get through things. It's a fight it's for life. It's your life or you're going to dying, so it's not worth the dying. Um, let's see. Um, oh, in your opinion, what's the most depressing, what's the most pressing uh, issue facing the rare disease community today? And how does... Uh, and how can individuals and society work towards address? It's very important. Elsewise, we're never going to get anywhere in life, either with foods or going through things. It's always finding resources. It's extremely important, I find. Mm -hmm. um, what... Uh, advice would you uh, give to someone who's newly uh, who is living with HCU or other rare diseases um, and uh, well and as well as um, their caregivers and loved ones it's going to the meetings with them to understand what they could eat what they can't eat 
also the fact that uh, there's Facebook, there's community there just for people with homocystinuria and other diseases to help you through this. Because I know there's a beginning, there's not many researches. When I was young, there's hardly anything. Now there's more and more research that's popping up, which is good. Um, so can you name off some of those resources? Like I said, it was uh, Facebook and people I met on Facebook who told me about the communities. Uh, there's your group in the mm -hmm. States. There's somebody else's group on the, in there on Facebook that could help you out to the struggles and stuff too. And make sure you take the right stuff because I think the groups are very helpful. Yeah. If you don't feel like it, it's very extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. You don't feel alone though. That's a huge part of it. Uh, most rare diseases do have some sort of a psychological aspect to them. Uh, yes. Also, you could get depression too from it. Have you? Did you go through any of the psychological? You feel alone. Some people feel depressed. Yeah. Have you gone through any of the? Well, some of it, but I didn't know till later. Mm -hmm. It's like the depression I had, but I had developed as a teen that bit, but I never admitted it to anybody till later. Mm -hmm. So I go see a doctor for that. He specializes in my health problems, so she helped me through it. Um, are there recent advancements or promising uh, research developments in the field of HCU that you find particularly exciting or encouraging? There's always a new stuff coming out. And always, it takes longer in Canada than the States to get things, unfortunately, but there are always advancements. Today we didn't have the uh, HCU pills until later, two years later, mm -hmm. which helped my homocysteines go down a lot. Uh, so which pills are you talking about? HCU pills. Oh, oh the, the you mean the easy tabs? Yes, easy tabs. Okay, so that's a formula replacement. Yes, that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. um, are there any trials going on in Canada? Not that I know of. I could be wrong. Because mm -hmm. there's always people who know better, much better than you sometimes. But you could find out. You could ask doctors. You could ask people in the communities. They'll know more than you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Let's see. Um, finally, uh, do you, how do you um, envision the future of the rare disease awareness at, or ad, uh, and advocacy, and what role do you do you hope uh, to play in shaping it? I'm hoping things will change and with over time, and that I, with talks and talk about how we feel, we could change things. It's not easy, but we're going to keep persisting on things. We have to keep 
talking to people and do stuff so we don't never feel known and that hopefully the governments will change things. <clears throat> About how we feel, we could change things. Not easy, but we can keep persisting on things. We have to keep talking to people and do stuff so we don't never feel known. And that hopefully the governments will change things. Um, HEO has, let's see, let's see uh, has underscored the importance. Oh, okay. As we um, draw to the target conversation to a close, I want to extend my heartfelt thank gratitude to Jennifer for sharing her inspiring journey uh, with us today through her openness and advocacy. Uh, she has led, uh, uh, she, she, she has shed light on the realities of living with classical homocystinuria um, and has underscored um, the importance of awareness and uh, su support and resilience within, a, uh, within the rare disease community. Jennifer, you encourage uh, your your courage, strength, and when wavering commitment to raising awareness for HCU has are truly um, commendable. Your story has your story serves as a beacon of hope and um, inspiration for individuals facing similar challenges in around the world. To our listeners, thank you for. Um, for joining us in the uh, with this in this episode of Rare Connection, I hope Jennifer's uh, insights have uh, deepened your understanding of HCU and highlighted the uh, profound impact of rare diseases on individuals and families. Remember, each story shared, each connection um, made, brings us. Uh, one step closer to uh, building a more compassionate and include uh, a more compassionate and inclusive world for all together. Let's continue to uh, foster the under, foster understanding and support advocacy and for those who for this one uh, out of ten. Uh, uh, or 30 million people in the U.S. and one out of 12 or 3 million in uh, affected by rare diseases in Canada. Um, the statistics, these statistics come from the National Institute of Health uh, for the United States. The Canada, Canadian ones come from the Canadian Organization for Rare Diseases. Uh, be sure to uh, tune in next time as we explore more stories, connection, uh, connections, insights, and on rare disease uh, connection on rare, on the rare connection podcast. Uh, until then, um, stay connected, stay informed, and stay, uh, and above all, stay inspired. Um, uh, alone, we are rare. Together, we're mighty. Um, and so. Until uh, then, stay connected. Uh, oh, so thank you for listening and thanks. <laughs>